listening to the Miracle Word Podcast. We believe that the Word of God gives you the power to experience never-ending increase in every area. If you're ready for revelation that will take you to the next level, you're in the right place. Here's your host, evangelist, author, and founder of Miracle Word University, Ted Shuttlesworth, Jr. We're going to talk about the gifts of the Spirit and specifically, what is the uh, best gift? And the Bible says, uh, covet earnestly the best gifts. And um, I played that video so people can see. I mean, if people don't understand how important the gifts of the Spirit are in these final moments of time, it's, it's, I can't even imagine trying to do what the Lord's asked the church to do without the gifts of the Spirit. I like what you've always said. If uh, we didn't need the Holy Spirit, Jesus wouldn't have sent him. Yeah, if the Holy Spirit wasn't needed, the Lord wouldn't have sent him. But we do need the anointing of God's Spirit. And, ladies and gentlemen, you and I, we need a fresh touch. Amen. I believe right now there's a fire of revival sweeping the planet. I wouldn't be surprised. that Jesus would come this year. He could come this afternoon. Everything's in place. I don't know of one prophecy that's left to be fulfilled, son. Um, My buddy, Jamie Tuttle, you know his wife, Judy Jacobs Tuttle, uh, is in Israel, and he sent a picture. They have the five red heifers in a pen in Jerusalem right now. Wow. Getting ready for the restoration of the sacrifices. We're, we're very close, very close. And the question is, are you ready? I wouldn't let anything come between me and the Savior in this final hour. And you that are watching, you're only one prayer away from a miracle. And so today, I want to talk about the importance, not only of the gifts of the Spirit, But we're going to deal with the greatest gift and how it relates to revival. Because I said to uh, Greg Laurie, I sent him a text. What perfect timing for his movie, The Jesus Revolution, to come out. This is the highest grossing movie Lionsgate ever released. Over 40 million already since 2019. So in other words, uh, they've not had any film do this good. Uh, in 2020, 21, this broke a record going clear back to 2019. Wow. And it's about revival. Who would have ever thought revival would be the leading story in tabloids and uh, Hollywood? Uh, something's going on. Yeah. And um, God is moving in Hollywood. Was it you that played me what... Uh, uh, what was his name, the comedian there uh, that played the mask and so forth? Jim Carrey, is that oh, his name? Yeah. I'd seen that clip. I didn't play it for you, but I have seen that clip. Someone just showed me this the other day. <laughs> and I, I listened because people are looking for answers. God, get a hold of Jim Carrey. Everything he was saying, you could see he was reaching out to the Lord. And here's what I always say. When you reach out to God, he reaches right back to you. Behold, the hand of the Lord is not short that he cannot save. Neither is his ear heavy 
that he cannot hear. He's not deaf. He hears your cry. Amen. 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 I can't imagine people that don't um, believe that the apostolic gifts are still in operation. Jesus ministered for his entire ministry uh, using the gifts of the Spirit, the apostles, uh, using the gifts of the Spirit that the uh, Holy Spirit sent. And the things that took place in the early church, the New Testament, you know, people, it's, it's funny how people ignore what happened in the second century. Even those men were seeing the gifts of the Spirit in operation. People like Irenaeus and Polycarp were writing, we're seeing demons cast out, we're seeing people healed. You know, all these supernatural things. And years later, Savranola and right on down through church history, yep. signs and wonders were always a part That's it. of everything God did. From, I like, the, from the day of Pentecost all till the way. present. Yeah. And someone said, uh, what about the revival in Asbury? There's no preachers there. There's no hype. It's just uh, people repenting. That's the beginning of a move of God, repentance. And you can't have, you can't have a reviving unless first you get vived. Right. You can get saved. That's right. And then once you're converted, the Bible then said in Acts, repent, every one of you, uh, and be converted for when times of refreshing shall come. Yeah. It's a promise. Shall come from the presence of the Lord. That's it. And so real revival has signs and wonders. Sir, uh, or I say, Sir Francis Asbury, that the school was named after in Kentucky, um, was a circuit riding preacher. And his documents showed healings and miracles took place wherever he went. And uh, also Peter Cartwright, another circuit riding preacher, he even prayed for a guy's horse and the horse got healed. Wow. Now, I don't know what scripture he had for it, but he had demonstration yeah. is the point I'm making. When revival starts, there will always be a confirmation of the word. Yes. Jesus said so. Mark 16, these signs shall follow them that believe. In my name, they shall cast out devils. They shall lay hands on the sick. They shall recover. And if you eat or drink any deadly thing, it shall not harm you. Mm -hmm. You shall speak with new tongues. Tongues, healing, those are gifts of the Spirit. Yes. And the Bible says, they went forth everywhere and preached the word. And the Lord worked with them, confirming the word mm -hmm. with signs following. Yes. What were those signs? Tongues, healing, so forth. That's the gifts of the Spirit. Amen. And when Lonnie Frisbee uh, sort of uh, broke away from Calvary Chapel and began to preach, the vineyard was established. They gave themselves more over to the gifts and the demonstration, operation of the Holy Spirit, as opposed to Brother Smith that did not feel to do that. A lot of that was his uh, religious background. It's hard to get away from uh, tradition. I don't care who you are. You remember in the movie, the daughter was trying to get her dad to be open to this move of God. And I pray to you that are older, uh, and I consider myself uh, an older man of God, let us not be found in a place where we fight the next move of God. Yes. Lester Summerall said that in one of his books one time. Mm -hmm. He said, historically, 
the last move of God becomes entrenched and become, and literally will resist or fight the next move of God. And then he said in the next sentence, but I can say in all of my life, I've never missed one move of the Lord uh, while I've been alive. That's awesome. Yeah, I remember, uh, as Brother Gary said in the comments, there's no formal ending to the book of Acts. I remember Brother Sumrall used to refer to the body of Christ as Acts chapter 29, mm -hmm. that we are uh, continuing the uh, acts of the apostles in the modern day as the church of God doing uh, the same works. Jesus said, the works that I do, you'll do also in greater works. That's, that's an interesting thought, that we are Acts 29, still seeing miracles, signs, wonders, people being saved, cities turning upside down. When people ask for prayer, and I see it right now, people are starting to say that, you should let us know what it is you want prayer for. You know, there's the shotgun, there's the rifle. Shotgun, you hit everything. And so a general prayer uh, is like a shotgun. You just pray it. But specifically, if there's something you're believing for, the Bible says, make your prayer petitions known unto God, and then we can come into agreement. And that's sort of zeroing in like a rifle does. <laughs> we can pray more specifically. Unless you don't want to make it public. We understand that too. Healing in my stomach. I saw said. that, yeah. yeah. Morning, Brother Josh. Brother Josh is having a great meeting. Is it in Kansas, Josh? I, I know you're going on another week, but wherever, revival's breaking out everywhere. Yeah. My nephew, your cousin John, <laughs> is in the second week of a mighty move of God in yeah. um, Parkersburg, West Virginia. Yep. And um, I think I was told they broke a thousand people now. Yeah. Yeah. So Amazing. If you get a chance. And you can't get down here to West Palm Beach this weekend. Now, we start Friday night, Saturday, and Sunday at 7 p.m. Doors open at 6. We've rented the Palm Beach County Convention Center at uh, 650 Okeechobee uh, Boulevard. The whole team will be there. Ted will be there. Yep. My son, uh, the, the Faith Alive Band. We're, we're going to have a time. Yep. We'll it's even have great. singers, I hope. <laughs> I know you're singing. I am. Glory. Absolutely. Yeah, it's going to be great. We want you to be there. All the details for that are on the website. You can get the uh, times and the location, all that. Um, Dad, what, what are some of the things that you recognize? I know you've read all of the great um, men of God that have taught on the gifts of the Spirit. You've got to meet many of them, uh, minister with many of them. What are some of the things that you've noticed that... Um, and we'll talk about the greatest gift or the, what we would call the best gift, like the Bible says. But what have you noticed about um, many of the ministers that operate in the gifts of the Spirit? There's a thread that maybe runs through their lives or ministries that um, aligns them. And you say, uh, I noticed this was similar for all the men that were mightily used in the, in the gifts of the Spirit. Now, the men that I personally, in my ministry, came in contact with, and I'll mention some, not to drop names, but just that generally speaking, people would know them. In the early days, <clears throat> I was blessed to be raised in a preacher's home, and my father, uh, A.E. Shuttlesworth, his friends called him Mickey, um, he and mom uh, were very... Um, 
how would you say it, very much a stickler to doing what the Bible says do. Mm -hmm. And they wouldn't understand, and they would tell us as young boys, I don't know why they do that. The Bible says, especially my mom was like that. She, she uh, was a fruit inspector, and she's still <laughs> alive. <laughs> it might be why she's still alive. She's 91 as we make this particular um, uh, ministry available to you right now as we're streaming it through social media. But um, then the next person God hooked me up with was David McIntyre, a little Scottish man up in Canada, New Brunswick. And he was strong in the gifts of the Spirit. So just as my parents were sticklers to the word, and dad taught on the gifts uh, in his churches on Wednesday night, but Brother Mac demonstrated those gifts in front of me. Like, for example, one time we went to Smith's Truck Stop up near Myers Hill, and uh, we go in. He said, get whatever you want. I said, oh, you're paying. He said, no, I don't have any money. What? I said, what? He said, no, I don't have any money. Well, I didn't have any money, so I ordered a glass of water. And a toothpick. We used to call it a pine float. But uh, he orders a big meal. And we're sitting there, and this lady comes over. She's from over in uh, uh, Heartland, New Brunswick. And she sees him. She said, Brother McIntyre, what a wonderful funeral you preached for my sister. I insist, let me pay for your meal. Picked the ticket up and walked away. <laughs> I'm there with a glass of water. He's there. He just finished meatloaf, potatoes, bread, and he chuckles. So we go up the next day, and uh, he said, order whatever you want. I said, oh, you got some money. No, I don't have anything. So <laughs> he orders. I just ordered water again. I didn't even have any faith, bless his heart. And so he eats another big meal. They had a Smith, bug, uh, Smith double hamburger uh, with all, it was like a big boy. It was a big sandwich. He ate it. He's just laughing. So we're sitting there. He said, I can't believe you're not eating. Are you fasting? I said, no. And while we're sitting there, you probably remember Royce Sargent. Mm -hmm. Royce comes by. Hey, how are you guys doing? Da, da, da. And Royce picks up the bill. He, he's driving a truck. It was a truck stop. He'd come in there. Didn't know we were there, but he took the ticket. So the next day, Brother Mac, we go back again. He said, go ahead and order something to eat. I said, Okay. I ordered a Smith burger, double stacked, <laughs> french fries. I ordered everything I could think of. We sat there, and nobody came by the table. Mm -hmm. And we're sitting there like 40 minutes. And I remember this girl, her, her, she was a waitress. I went to youth camp with her when I was younger. Her name was Sherry Bell. She come by, and she said, how was everything? Well, great, great. Oh, by the way, she says to us, Brother Matt, someone picked up your bill before they left. And so we sat there for at least 45 minutes. It was already paid for. <laughs> when we were leaving, Brother McIntyre said something to me that helped me uh, about the gift of faith. <clears throat> he said, when you're doing the work of God and when you're in the will of God, it's God's job to provide. And he said, God pays for what he orders. Well, I've heard that repeated in the last 50 years, many times since then. But the first time I ever heard it was Brother McIntyre. God pays for what he orders. So there was a believing there. That's what the gift of faith does, just receives. 
Then the Lord hooked me up with R.W. Shambach, and I saw both traits in him, a stickler for the word, and also believe God. If anybody ever uh, preached by the gift of faith, it was R.W. Shambach. Through him, I met other ministers, Oral Roberts, Lester Sumrall, I knew uh, separate from Brother Shambach, I had met him, and uh, Brother Hagen, and David Nunn, and James Dunn, and you could go through the list of the Voice of Healing guys, the Lord put me with them. Now, the one characteristic that they all have, and I believe they're in heaven, most of them now, but that they had on the earth, and I believe that it, it's magnified, was their ability to believe God at any moment. Mm -hmm. No hesitancy, no uh, dragging of your feet, and technically, in my opinion, if I understand the word, they were operating in the gift of faith because the gift of faith just simply at any given moment, when any crisis, problem, difficulty arises, the gift of faith receives the supernatural power of God. And so uh, in 1 Corinthians 12, Ted, Paul said, now concerning spiritual gifts, brothers, I, I don't want you to have ignorance. I, I would not have you to be ignorant. When this final revival explodes to the full potential that God intends it, because I believe it's already started. Yes. Revival fires are, are igniting everywhere. Amen. When it does, it will contain within it the restoration of the gifts of the Spirit that Paul teaches us about in 1 Corinthians chapter 12. And the reason I feel to teach on this and preach and demonstrate is the Bible says we're not to be ignorant about them. Yes. So some people say, uh, like, for example, um, a recent move of the Spirit, some of the leaders said uh, it's not complicated with any uh, uh, Pentecostal manifestations. It's just pure. It's raw. That doesn't mean they're right. It's just their opinion that it's not complicated. Right. The Bible teaches that we're not to be ignorant concerning the workings and the operation and the moving of the Holy Spirit. Mm -hmm. The Holy Spirit will never glorify a man. In a real move of God, the Spirit only lifts up Jesus. And so it's a dangerous thing to get between Christ and what he's doing for the people. Yes. And so humility, I believe, can be learned. Somebody say, well, I don't, I'm not that humble. But you can learn how to humble yourself. Because the Bible says, humble yourself before the hand of Almighty God. Yes. And in due season you will be exalted. Mm -hmm. So it's a choice to, be, to walk in humility. It's a choice Amen. to walk in a humble spirit. There's a lot of times I'd like to answer some folks with signs following, yeah. uh, you know, throw a ball at them or something. But anyhow, you can't <laughs> do that. You have to humble yourself. Now, people that are ignorant will always be ignorant until they learn. So God doesn't place any premium on stupidity. Right. Well, I don't know about that. Well, bless your darling heart. We don't really care what you don't know. It's, it's the area of you gotta, you got to train yourself. Study to show yourself approved unto God, a workman that needs not to be ashamed. So we need, hello, A.J. Bible. Uh, we need to 
Uh, yeah, they need to lean on hands. <laughs> oh, praise God. Uh, but we need to understand that these gifts, the knowledge of them, to teach on them, to operate on them, uh, someone wrote you an epistle, praise God, is a wonderful thing. Glory to God. Now, here's the thing. He goes on to say there are differences of administration. The gifts are ministered differently by, I believe, a person, uh, the culture you're dealing with, individuality plays a part. We're vessels, and God uses uh, vessels for his glory. We are to be vessels of honor. So not only humble, but we're to, we're to bring God uh, 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 an integrity Yes. if we want to be used of God. I feel like this, the more that you can humble yourself, then the more God can lift you up to where he wants you to be. Promotion comes from the Lord. Amen. And then he goes on to say there's not only differences of administrations, but he tells us there's a diversity, a division among the operations of these gifts. So the gift of faith was what I'd like to look at for a moment, but think about this for a minute. In the Bible, there are four kinds of faith that are taught. Number one, there is saving faith. Ephesians chapter 2, by grace are you saved through faith. Mm -hmm. This is a gift of God. So God, all faith comes from God. Mark eleven twenty four, the Bible teaches us that God is the one that gives us this ability to believe him. Whatsoever things you desire when you pray, if you believe, you shall receive them, you shall have them. But that's not saving faith. That's what I would call um, uh, daily faith faith that we walk by. You walk by faith, not by sight. Mm -hmm. So when you get saved, it's like a fresh, clean slate. You begin by, Romans tells us in the 10th chapter, believing in your heart, confessing with your mouth. And so salvation, the faith that you're saved by, comes from believing in your heart. How do you believe? How shall they believe except there be a preacher. Mm -hmm. So all these people say, well, we don't need a preacher for this, and we don't need a... Uh, you're not only a double-dog fool, you're stupid, is what I would say to you, when the Bible plainly says you need a preacher. Faith comes by hearing, right? hearing by the Word of God. Mm -hmm. So when I hear people speak against evangelists, or pastors, or teachers, or the apostolic, the uh, role of an apostle or prophet, that's ignorance gone to seed. And I don't follow stupid people because stupid people get hurt. <laughs> and they also hurt others. Right. Uh, <laughs> honor those that God has honored by giving them a gift. Mm -hmm. Giving them a gift. You have to have a man of God, a man and woman of God in your life who uh, cares for your soul. And so the gifts of the Spirit... God doesn't want any lone rangers out there. The Bible says these gifts, for as the body is one, see, and has many members, and all the members of that one body being many are one body, so also is Christ. Right. Christ the head of the body. And so there's no lone rangers. You're not out there, well, nobody, 
you know, but nobody's doing it like I'm doing it. I, I don't know where everybody is. No, we're all a part of the same team. You call it your victory tribe. I like that. Mm -hmm. Amen. As opposed to your depressed losing team. Amen. <laughs> now, yeah. here's the seventh verse. But the manifestation of the Spirit is given. So it's a gift. Mm -hmm. Manifestations are a part of the gifts. If you operate in the gifts, you will have a manifestation of them is given to every man, and I like this, to profit with all. Yeah. Which means if you're not operating in the gifts, or you're not allowing the Holy Spirit to move, you're an unprofitable servant, as the Bible speaks of. Wow. We are to be profitable. How are we profitable? By yielding to the Holy Spirit. Mm -hmm. Yield. Yield to the Spirit. Now, I want to deal with the fact it said diversity of operations. There are three groupings that are beautiful, that fall together in the gifts. I call them the revelation gifts, mm -hmm. the mind of God, how to think like God. That would be the word of knowledge, which speaks to the present and even the past. Someone gets a word of knowledge. The Lord shows me 10 years ago, you had an accident. This happened in one of my meetings yep. and you were spared and they wept and cried. Once the altar got saved, God gave it to me. Word of knowledge. That was in New York years ago. And I even saw a train. I said there was an orange and yellow train that was coming. And you felt something knock you back off the track. And um, the guy just started crying. He said that was when I was a boy. He came down, got saved, his wife, then his son and his wife, then their children. Three generations were set free by just one beautiful wow. word of knowledge. Amen. Oh, hallelujah. Praise God. Glory to God. Then there is the word of wisdom. That speaks to the future. Well, the word of wisdom <clears throat> is how you should set yourself to, by anticipation, conducting yourself for something that's not yet happened. But the Holy Spirit gives you a word and that's happened to me many, many, many times where I'll be believing God. One time I was sitting in my office on the second floor there. And all of a sudden, the whole room kind of lit up, but it was kind of foggy. Mm. And so I'm thinking something's wrong with the lights. I'm rubbing my eyes. And then, I can't say it was audible, I heard the Lord say, to me, he said, I want you to do this. It was a word of knowledge for the future. So I grabbed a pen and I began to write everything I was hearing in my spirit. Again, I can't say it was an audible voice. Now, I may get to heaven and the Lord corrects me. No, I was speaking out loud, but it was so real. So then I went home. I got up and left and your mother said to me, what happened? I said, I think the Lord spoke to me. And so then... Um, I went back the next day, same thing happened. All the colors, and it's kind of dark up there anyhow. All the rooms started lighting up, and the colors were bright, and then I got more information. And what I got that day is what I then began to operate in that grew the ministry to where it is today. That came by a word of wisdom. The third revelation gift <clears throat> 
uh, is interesting to me. That's discerning of spirits. Mm -hmm. There are four kinds of spirits. The spirit of Christ, the spirit of man, the spirit of angels, and the spirit of demons. Yep. So when people talk about we need more discerning spirits because of devils, that's only, that's only a fourth of it. Right. It's only 25% of that gift. First, they in John chapter 1, they discerned Christ. Then they discerned, uh, Jesus discerned the spirit of uh, Nathaniel under the tree. Here's an Israelite in whom is no guile. How do you know me? I saw you under the tree. That would be word of uh, knowledge coupled with discerning of spirits. Then uh, he spoke of, to the disciples, if you think that's amazing, the day will come, you'll see heaven open up, angels ascending, the angels that have not fallen, the angels that descend. Those are the fallen angels or demon spirits. Mm -hmm. So that's a revelation. All right. Of those, the word of knowledge only touches to the present and past. The word of wisdom only touches to the future. But discerning of spirits, it touched Christ in the present, Nathaniel from his past. He said future, that's angels, which means the three tenses of time and the operation of time are all combined in discerning of spirits, whereas the word of knowledge is just present and past, word of uh, wisdom is just future. Mm -hmm. So in the revelation gifts, discerning of spirits is the greatest gift of the three revelation spirits concerning the working in the mind of God. Mm -hmm. Now, the next group that I'd like to talk about are the uh, utterance gifts, the gifts that help us to speak like God. And they are tongues, the interpretation of tongues, and the gift of prophecy. Now, the regulatory uh, definition is found in the 14th chapter of 1 Corinthians concerning the utterance gifts. The Bible says, follow after charity, verse 1, desire spiritual gifts, but rather that you may prophesy. Now, in that very first verse, it would seem that Paul is saying, of these gifts that are utterance, prophecy is the one you should covet the most or go after. Why is that? Well, the Bible says, he that prophesies speaks unto men to edification, to yep. exhortation, <laughs> and comfort. Mm -hmm. Edification charges you up. Exhortation releases faith. Comfort, the spirit of peace. Jesus is the prince of peace. Prophecy is powerful to help all men. Now, he that speaks in an unknown tongue does not speak to men. Right. Verse 2 tells us. But he's talking to God. So when you speak in tongues, it doesn't benefit men. But it is that which causes you to talk to God. And then if you have the interpretation... The Bible says if you speak in an unknown tongue, you edify yourself or build yourself up. Yep. Whereas he that prophesies builds up the whole church. Right. So there again, prophecy is greater than just praying in tongues. Mm -hmm. But if you prophesy, except he interprets, the Bible says, then the church may receive edifying. So it would seem here, tongues with interpretation, mm -hmm. according to what Paul wrote, is equal to 
just the gift of prophecy. Right. All right? So that means in the utterance gifts, prophesying or the gift of prophecy is greater than tongues or the interpretation of tongues, but together they would be equal to, which means that in the sense of comparison, the gift of prophecy is the greatest of the utterance gifts. Mm -hmm. So revelation gifts, the greatest gift there is discerning of spirits. The utterance gifts, that would be the gift of prophecy. Mm -hmm. Now, here's a thought. What good does it do to have a word for somebody if you don't demonstrate the power of God to them? Mm -hmm. Revelation without demonstration ends up being frustration. Yeah. A lot of frustrated folks. Put that in the comments. Yeah. Demonstration <laughs> without, uh, excuse me, revelation without demonstration. Leads to frustration. Leads to frustration. I want to say it again. Yeah. Revelation without demonstration leads frustration. to frustration. Mm -hmm. It would be like you go up to a person, the Lord shows me you have this problem. Yes, I do. All right. And you walk away and say, all right, let me call you out. Yeah. The Lord showed me nothing happened. Right. Well, according to Mark 16, for the signs to operate, hands are laid upon the sick. If you speak with new tongues there will come a operation of the Spirit, mm -hmm. um, casting out of devils. So much is involved here. But you must have demonstration. So revelation without demonstration leads to frustration. Mm -hmm. We got a lot of frustrated folks in church. Right. Because the, a big wind comes up, there's a storm, a tempest, but there's no safe harbor, no bringing the people in the land. God wants us to reach our final destination, which is heaven. Amen. Amen. That brings me now to the power gifts. The power gifts are faith, the working of miracles, the gift or gifts of healing or healings, plural. Now, the difference between the working of miracles and healings is quite simple. Healing, the second manifestation of Christ's power was the nobleman's son who was sick. And Jesus prayed for him, and here's the key part of that verse, and from that hour mm -hmm. he began to amend. In other words, he started getting better, but it wasn't instant. But from that hour he began to get better and better and better. The Gospel of Mark is the miracle book of the four Gospels. The key words are immediately, straightway, and uh, forthwith. Nobody says that anymore, but it just means instantly. <laughs> right. So you and I say instantly. Right. Instantly. Well, the working of miracles happens right then. It's instant. Whereas I was blind, now I see. That's the working of miracles. Mm-hmm. I was deaf. I hear. That's the working of miracles. So miracles as a power gift in the instantaneous operation, and the Bible says there's differences in operation, which means that the one difference there would be miracles are instantaneous, gifts of healing are progressive, which makes the working of miracles 
overruling natural laws, laws of men, greater than the gifts of healing. So we could say in the power gifts, the working of miracles is the greater of the two operations. Because with the gifts of healing, there are certain things that you have to do to keep your healing. Mm -hmm. A lot of people don't realize that. Whereas with the working of miracles, even that had certain regulations. Jesus said to the man in John 9, who was blind, he said, go and sin no more, right. lest a worse thing come upon you. So even with the operation of the working of miracles, you gotta, you gotta stay free from sin to keep your miracle. And I would say also to keep your healing. Right. But in the gifts of healing, your confession is important. Mm -hmm. Now, having said that, that just leaves one gift, which is the gift of faith. Uh, in the Amplified Bible, it's called wonder-working faith. Mm. In Weymouth's translation, it's called special faith. And so the gift of faith stands alone among the power gifts, and I'll tell you why, as soon as I taste this Dr. Pepper. <laughs> Praise God. Why does it stand alone? Because all the other eight gifts that I mentioned in operation, you are manifesting by operation, speaking in tongues. We'll talk about it in its gifts. Interpretation of those tongues, prophecy. You're saying something. Revelation gifts. Suddenly, you're believing. Mm -hmm. I believe that I see you have this problem, word of knowledge. I believe that concerning the future, you, you should do this. All of them are operated by your believing and speaking, but not the gift of faith. The gift of faith, here's the difference. The gift of faith just simply receives. Mm. The gift of faith just simply receives, okay? Mm -hmm. Now, let's compare this. <clears throat> Two Bible characters illustrate this. You've heard me teach this before. Samson and Daniel. Both had to deal with lions. Samson went up to the vineyards of Timnath. There came out a lion roaring, threatening him. And Samson, this is the working of miracles, he took that lion as if it were a kid and tore it apart with his hands. Mm -hmm. He did something for protection. Daniel, cast into the den of lions, he did nothing. He just laid down his head on that billowy mane of that lion and rested. Mm -hmm. He received it. And when the king came the next morning, he said, Daniel, are you still with us? What did your God do? Now read this when you get your cha a chance. The Bible says there was an angel that shut the mouths of the lions. Samson tears the lion apart, but Daniel takes a nap. Mm -hmm. The gift of faith receives you don't have to do anything. And in fact, I'm working on my second book on the gifts of the Spirit. I'm working on the gift of faith now. Mm -hmm. Every operation of the gift of faith, whether it's supernatural protection, provision, so forth, there was an angel that was present. Yep. Isn't that wonderful? It is. It's the story of the prophet at the brook Cherith. 
He didn't have to do anything. But ravens brought him food and fed him daily. What did he do, Ted? He received. Received. He received. Yeah. Gift of faith. Now, I read a Jewish history book. Did you know King Ahab had two beautiful ravens that were at his table that he would feed? I didn't know that. This is a Jewish story. It's not in your Bible, but I just liked it. And the writer said, undoubtedly, the ravens would take the best food in the kingdom from Ahab's table wow. and flew it to where the prophet was. <laughs> if that's true, I like that. Yeah. I, I'm not, I don't know uh, a lot about Jewish tradition, but in some of the rabbis, they teach that, that those two ravens were the trained birds for Ahab, but they became God's birds wow. for the prophet. <laughs> and all he had to do, ladies and gentlemen, <laughs> was receive. Was receive. Amen. One of the m most important characteristics of the uh, gift of faith is that it just simply receives. Mm -hmm. You don't make it work. You receive it when it works. Amen. So the others you believe, but the gift of faith you receive. Now, which means that God is fully in control in this area of the power gifts, demonstrating his power, mm -hmm. fully in control by the gift of faith because you can lose your miracle, you can lose your healing. Mm -hmm. But when the gift of faith comes and operates, it operates right then and it's done. Amen. Other characteristics, but I just thought I'd tell you that. So that leaves discerning of spirits as the greatest of the revelation gifts. Mm -hmm. That leaves the gift of prophecy as the greatest of the utterance gifts. And the gift of faith as the greatest of the power gifts. Mm -hmm. Now, if the gift of faith is how we receive at that moment from God, whereas, let's say, discerning of spirits, the gift of prophecy, all of these are working by that self-same spirit. Don't misunderstand me. Mm -hmm. But we're talking about the believer, the man or the woman that's believing God for, to be used of God. You're believing God. Brother Ted, I need, I need to see healing operate in my family. I, I, I need a miracle for my mama. Oh, Brother Ted, I, got, I, 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 I don't know how, but I was fooled by an individual. I didn't have the discerning of spirits working and, and uh, my marriage is messed up. I married... Uh, the devil's uh, older brother. I don't know what happened here. See, the gifts help us in every realm of life. The gifts will help you in your finances. Yes. And in particular, the gift of faith will. Mm -hmm. We're hearing a lot about banks and problems, but, you know, all these people get so, oh, what are we going to do? Oh, woe is me. Price of hamburgers going up. Eggs are going up. Well, bless God, one day you're going up. <laughs> Amen. God, there's nothing wrong with his providing power. The gift of faith, like the prophet at the Brook Cherith, is how you receive supernatural provision. Amen. I had a missionary friend that ran out of gas and was stranded way up in the mountains of this particular country. 
was 300 miles from any town with no gas. And he got out. He told me this. He said, Brother Ted, I laid my hands on the um, gas tank. Mm -hmm. He said, I, I, I laid my hands, you know, where you put the gas in. He said, here's how I prayed. Lord, give me supernaturally gas to get to that little town 300 miles from here. Shut the gas uh, cover, got in his car, started up, and Teddy, he drove 300-some miles wow. from those high mountains like the Andes all the yeah. way down till he came to the village. True story. He looked... He saw a gas station. When he saw it, the car ran out of gas. Wow. <laughs> and he coasted in and filled up. Wow. But what did he say? Lord, give me enough gas right. to get to the town. And he said to his wife, where I can fill up. Yep. <laughs> and that's what God did. <laughs> now you're looking back. You said, Lord, give me enough gas to do the four years missionary trip that right. I'm here. You know. You limit God. God's not limited. He's right. unlimited in his power. The gift of faith helps us to receive. Now, anybody that would tell you that it there's only one gift that is the greatest doesn't understand what the Bible says. Look at this, son, for a minute. 1 Corinthians 12, verse 31 Covet earnestly the best gifts, plural. Mm -hmm. See, some gifts work together. Tongues, interpretation. I call them companion gifts. They work together. So here he, uh, in the translation it says gifts, plural. Now if you think about it, the best gift is the one you need at that moment. The best gift is the one you need at that moment. I had my tent up in Terre Haute, Indiana years ago. You may remember, I'd put it up in Virginia Beach and a big storm came up. They, oh, yes. The, the paper there in Tidewater said, worst storm in 400 years. Ladies and gentlemen, that wind got under my tent, picked it up. I had ushers grab the center poles. They were 15 feet off the ground like rockets. They were being launched. Yep. You were there, weren't you? I was there. Yeah. And it was one of the last times I walked under a tent for a long time. <laughs> I was young. Because it was 90, 89 or 90? It was 90. 1990, I was eight years old. <laughs> and I stood outside the tent and just believed God from the, from the end poles. Well, I didn't have that privilege. <laughs> I had to make sure everybody was out of the tent. And the tent come floating back down, knocking the chairs, pulls everything. And so Tiny, you remember Tiny? He's mm -hmm. in heaven now, I hope. Uh, <laughs> uh, we're pushing the tent up and water is up to my knees under the tent right. and I'm looking to see if there's any bodies anybody. and I, I went under that tent not even thinking I straddled the center pole and the lights were still on under the water underwater and I never even got electrocuted Man. and I'm looking finally we decide there's nobody there and we get outside and lightning strikes right near the tent, and Tiny's hair went up like a huge afro. I mean, there was so much electricity, and blue stuff was going through his hair. Oh, man. And I'll never forget what he said. <laughs> he said, 
I think I wet myself. <laughs> well, who can tell in that downpour of rain? <laughs> uh, and an emergency guy, what do they call him? First responders comes on the field. Lightning hit again and blew a chunk of flesh. Ugh. And his, uh, his uh, yellow, similar to this, garment he had on, right, and knocked him flat on the ground. We thought he was dead. His buddies came and mm. ministered him. Most of the people went into a building next to the tent. You were in there. Yeah. But, uh, Julie, it's where the Home Depot is now. Oh, yeah, yeah. right. Uh, off of, what is that, Lynn Haven? Lynn, and, uh, pr and, yeah, Princess Anne and Lynn Haven, that uh, But corner. anyhow, never forget it. And the next night, that paramedic came. I prayed for him. He was in a three-piece gray suit, and the hole that the lightning blew in his body healed up, and he showed us all pink skin. God gave him a miracle. Praise God. What a meeting that was. Wow. So now I'm battling fear and trepidation. Mm. I didn't want anybody to get hurt in the meetings. So I had an invitation. Jim Palmer, his son Kevin's on. Kevin, you still on? <laughs> uh, invited me to come to Terre Haute. He rented the fairground. Well, I went out and preached for Pastor Jimmy plus Jim Palmer. There are two Jims. And Larry Bird, you know the basketball player? Yep. His daughter was in that meeting, and she got born again. And her grandmother and her dad, Larry Bird, they lived in a place called French Lick mm -hmm. near the fairground. And she asked me for, there's Kevin, she asked me for some of our back then cassette tapes. So I loaded her down with cassette tapes. I didn't even know that was Larry Bird's daughter until later. And she got the baptism in the Holy Ghost. Praise God. And so the preacher said, come on, bring your tent. Because that meeting was inside the church building before I went out there. And I preached for Brother Jim. And I preached for Jimmy, the other guy. And uh, so I had two AG pastors, two Assembly of God preachers, put the tent up. Sunday afternoon, it was hot. And some people, I noticed, um, wouldn't come under the tent. But I, I was in there preaching. I'm talking about my son. <laughs> That's me. I wouldn't come up. Oh, I said to his mother, what's he doing out there? Oh, he ain't coming. He had these big Michael Jordan tennis shoes on. I can still see him bigger than his feet standing outside the tent. But uh, <laughs> so I had said on Friday night, Sunday, I'm going to have a miracle service. Bring all the sick. Bring those that need uh, a move of God, etc. Well, Sunday afternoon came. I preached. I usually preach from Mark 5, the woman with the issue of blood on the Sunday afternoon healing meeting mm -hmm. because I, it's, it gives you quick faith and uh, to operate. Well, <laughs> about 90 people come down the altar for healing. Now, there was a man and his wife. He said, my brother is in the deaf school here in Indiana. If I bring him, will you pray for him, Brother Shuttlesworth? I said, I will. And so uh, they brought him. He sat there in the front, his arms crossed, and he watched, but you could tell he's deaf. He didn't respond to the music, nothing. Well, they bring him up, and I tell the people over the mic, I said, ladies and gentlemen, you can see there's about 100 people, 90 people or so. Actually, I counted as 91. I said, that need to receive miracles. <clears throat> And I said, the first one I'm going to pray for is a boy that was born deaf. He's never heard a word. He can't speak. This is his brother, and this is his sister-in-law. And they talked to me Friday night, and they brought him today 
for his miracle. Oh, hallelujah. I think of that song, son. Oh, what a savior. You know that? Mm -hmm. Oh, hallelujah. His heart was broken for you and me. His hands were nail scarred. His side was riven. He gave his life's blood for you and me. Mm -hmm. Oh, what a Savior. Hallelujah. Amen. When you feel it, you feel it. When you know it, you know it. These gifts are powerful. Hallelujah. Amen. To the glory of God. Well, I started to pray for the deaf boy, and a woman all the way down the altar started speaking in tongues. Now, this was the first time this ever happened, and I felt like it didn't feel right, but I didn't know why. So I said, sister, hold that tongues for a minute. You could see she got mad. She puffed up like a peacock. She had every feather standing up straight. So I go to pray for the boy again, and she starts in again. And I believe in speaking in tongues, and I believe in yielding to the Spirit. But for some reason, I felt that wasn't the gift right then that was needed. So I told her a second time, sister, hold that till later. Then she started yelling at me. <clears throat> you don't believe in the spirit. You don't believe in the Holy Ghost. And then she stomped away. But I'll tell you this, when she left, everything released in the spirit. A wonderful anointing came. And I prayed for the boy and Jesus opened both his deaf ears. He was about 18, never heard in his life. Loosed his tongue. I was teaching him words. And God gave him the miracle. And the, the meeting, the tent filled up. Jim Palmer was so happy. I was happy. The other brother. It was just a move of God. Well, here's what I wanted to tell you. When your mother and I were leaving the town, you kids were in the back seat. And we were going by the IGA store. And I looked. I said, Bonnie, see that boy drinking orange pop? That's the deaf boy. I said, let's test him. I hit the horn. He looked. And he waved. That's how you want to leave a meeting. <laughs> where the boy that was deaf now hears the horn mm -hmm. and waves while he's drinking the knee-high orange soda. Amen. Yeah. Well, I asked the Lord about that. <clears throat> and the Lord said to me, that was not the gift that was needed. The message in tongues or tongues, which is one of the nine gifts. He said that wasn't the gift that was needed. What the boy needed was the working of miracles. Yeah. She was operating in the gift and trying to yield, but it was her spirit, not the Holy Spirit. Right. So the reason I felt grieved and made that correction was because, see, you can learn how to yield to different gifts, but it doesn't mean that's when you should operate in it mm -hmm. or the manifestation. Right. There's a timing in God. Right. The Bible says these things are done decently and in order. There's an order to the gifts. Right. Right. So then I had understand. That's when I first got it in, in uh, July at Terre Haute at the fairgrounds in 1990. That's when God gave me the understanding that the best gift is the one needed at the moment. Yeah. Which is why it says here in the 31st verse, desire the best gifts, plural. Why? Because certain gifts in the order of the spirit you, that's when they're supposed to operate. Right. If it's a physical problem, it's going to have to be the word of knowledge. 
If there's a hindrance and you're not sure why people aren't receiving, that's where revelation is good. Mm -hmm. If it's the need for a message in tongues to break it with interpretation or prophecy, that's when that should operate. Mm -hmm. That happened in my dad's church in Harrisburg. Sister Margaret, Brother Shambach's sister, Aunt Margaret, we called her, yeah. gave a message in tongues, and normally Grace, uh, that played the organ in the service, would interpret whenever, it's like they were a tag team. Mm -hmm. But that service, nobody interpreted Aunt Margaret's message in tongues. So Dad always was a stickler. If you have the message, uh, the interpretation of that, give it. And he always would tell uh, anybody, if you give a message in tongues, believe then God will give you the interpretation. Right. But it didn't come. Suddenly in the back of the Assembly of God Church come this man. He was from Greece. And on Saturday night, my dad would take us to the YMCA to play basketball and swim. And we met him at the YMCA. In those days, they had rooms you could rent for five bucks. Mm -hmm. And dad had witnessed to him and had Jim Shambach pick him up, bring him to church. So the guy comes down crying. And dad said, are you all right? He said, this woman just spoke to me. Well, Aunt Margaret spoke in that Greek language, called the man by name, by the Holy Ghost. She yep. didn't know it. Right. Called the man by name, told him the name of his village, that God called him as a child. He was running from the call. He was a sailor. Come into Baltimore in the harbor there, Chesapeake Bay. Come up to Harrisburg. And told him he had to go back and preach the gospel and raise up a church in his city. He understood every word because it was in his language. Wow. When he told dad that, I mean, we had church that morning. Mm -hmm. I mean, it was a glorious church without spot or wrinkle. And you didn't even even revel on. Amen. Mm -hmm. It was the power of God. Well, he knelt down, gave his heart to Christ, answered the call. And the last we heard was preparing to go back to Greece to preach mm -hmm. the gospel in his village. So that's powerful. Mm -hmm. But working in miracles wasn't needed there. We certainly didn't have the revelation gifts. No one knew why. But God used the gift of tongues, a message in tongues. Mm -hmm. But it was in that man's language. But to us, it was an unknown tongue. But to him, it was a known tongue. Like in the book of Acts, how hear we, every one of us, speak in our own language right. on the day of Pentecost? God can do these things. But may I just say to every one of you, that if you look at it in the operation, when it says covet earnestly, the best gift or gifts, yes, it's whatever gift is necessary at that minute. However, among the nine gifts, the gift of faith stands out because it's the only gift that you just simply receive. Mm -hmm. Whereas the other gifts, you believe. Right. And you, you, you act according to whatever that gift is. To, in demonstration, but not so the gift of faith. The gift of faith stands alone. Some call it, Weymouth says, uh, he calls it special faith. Amplified Bible calls it wonder-working faith. Mm. So if someone were to ask me, which is the best gift, singular, I would have to say it's the gift of faith. Howard Carter, in his book, Question is and answers on the gifts of the Spirit, he believed it was the greatest stuff that night. Mm -hmm. um, <clears throat> Charles Price, in his Golden Grain books that I have, he believed the gift of faith was the greatest. Mm -hmm. Now, when we come to the gift of faith, 
I'd like to come and wrap this up with this thought. There are four kinds of faith in the Bible. There is saving faith. I talked about this a moment ago, Ephesians 2 and 8. By grace are you saved through faith. It is the gift of God. Now, we have many brethren that um, overemphasize the message of grace as if it stands alone as the one thing that, oh, praise God, because of grace, you're going to get in by the skin of your teeth. Uh -huh. Then there are others, all they emphasize is faith. But interestingly enough, the Holy Spirit in Ephesians chapter 2 tells us it's grace and faith. Mm -hmm. Now, I've done this many times. It's like two oars on a boat. One oar is grace. One oar is faith. If you've ever rowed a boat, and I have, that's how I used to date your mother, take her out in the skiff and row it <laughs> in, in, the, in the bay there. If I just pulled on the oar, we'll call it grace, the boat goes in circles. Yep. Goes in circles. If I just pull on the oar, we'll call it faith, it just goes in circles. But to get to my destination, I have to pull on both oars, grace and faith. They work together. Saving faith, therefore, comes by the hearing of the gospel. How shall they be saved except there be a preacher? Right. How shall he preach except he be sent? Mm -hmm. So the preaching of the gospel produces saving faith. And we can also say faith comes by hearing, hearing by the word of God. Yes. Faith does not come by praying. Mm -hmm. Prayer will strengthen your faith, but it doesn't produce faith. Beloved, I wish, you know, the Bible speaks about praying in tongues, for yeah. example. Mm -hmm. Building up your most holy faith, right. which means you already got that faith, mm -hmm. but you're building it up, you're strengthening it. And that's by praying in the Spirit. Now, the Bible also speaks of the fact that... <clears throat> uh, we walk by faith, yes, not by sight. Sight being a natural sense, five senses, mm -hmm. which means faith can also be the sixth sense. Brother Hagin called it general faith, if yep. I recall his book mm -hmm. correctly. Some people call it um, <clears throat> the faith we walk by. That's the faith every believer has to walk by, according to Hebrews eleven six, to please God. But without faith, it is impossible to please him. For he that cometh to God must believe that he is, yes. and that he's a rewarder of them that diligently seek him. Yes. So it's a process, a daily walk. Mm -hmm. That's what I call it, the Amen. daily walk of faith. That's right. But then the Bible speaks of the fruit of faith. Well, in Galatians, in most translations, son, the fruit of faith is also translated faithfulness. Mm -hmm. Speaking of being faithful, faithful is he that calls you, who also will do it. Yes. Walking by faith, and I say it this way, God, can God count on you? That's good. Can God count on you? How does he know? Because you stay faithful. Faithful. 
I had a guy, I think he thought he was insulting me. He said, Brother Ted, you still preach like you did in Bible school days. <laughs> I said, thank you. <laughs> I've, tried, <laughs> I've tried to be faithful to the Bible, to preach the word. Mm -hmm. uh, going on now, see, I held my first meeting in 1970. It was a youth meeting called CA Rallies, Christ Ambassador Rallies. Mm -hmm. And um, that was my first one and had eight people get saved. Many of them went away to Bible school. I went back to junior high. <laughs> so that was 1970. And then I held my first overseas crusade in 1974 mm -hmm. on the island of Jamaica. Preached just like I preach now. I haven't really changed much. I just stick to the word, preach until faith comes alive, demonstrate the power of God, give the altar call and go home and Brother Summerall said, just drink some grape juice and a banana and go to bed. <laughs> he told me that while he was eating a steak after the night service. <laughs> I'm sitting there foregoing everything. Brother Summerall's sitting there, just drink grape juice and a banana and then go to bed. He said, Get, keep the weight off. And he's cutting a big steak as he's telling me. <laughs> Wonderful. But anyhow, the point I'm making is, that is the fruit of faith is a kind of faith, but it has to do with being faithful. Mm -hmm. And then fourthly, the gift of faith that we're talking about today. Why I believe the gift of faith is the greatest, go back and watch this again. I went through the utterance gifts, I went through the power gifts, I went yeah. through the revelation gifts. Each of them have one gift that's greater than the other two. Right. But then again, we compared revelation with utterance with power. Yes. Power speaks of demonstration. Uh, and yet, tongues, a message in tongues is a manifestation of the Spirit as well. Discerning of spirits, as God gives you that ability by the Holy Spirit, is not necessarily a demonstration, but it is a manifestation. Mm -hmm. So if I had time, I would get into the difference between manifestations in the Scripture and demonstrations. Mm. Demonstrations are an active way of administrating the gifts, actively administering. Whereas you can get, God can show you something by discerning spirits, but you don't say anything to anybody. It, it was for you. Mm -hmm. You follow yep. what I mean? Right. You, you know, you, uh, these was, things are so, I mean, there's so many um, tangents. Mm -hmm. to, and I believe the Spirit of God made it that way. Yeah. The strongest structure is a honeycomb. And um, I believe there's a connection. I call them companion gifts. However, ladies and gentlemen, the gift of faith stands alone because it is the only one of the nine gifts that um, receives. Yeah. All the prophet did at the book he received his daily food. All Daniel did, he received his protection and rested. Yeah. Hallelujah. Praise God. It receives. Paul in the great <clears throat> storm, Eurachlodon. Now you remember, and here's another thought. <laughs> when they were at the island in Crete, he said, Sirs, I, I, I feel the Lord says, don't loose the ship from here. There's going to be great loss of life, damage, yep. etc. Remember mm -hmm. that? Yep. He was prophesying to him, revealing what would happen 
So it was either the word of wisdom or the gift of prophecy, but right. I feel it was the word of wisdom. But when he said that, <clears throat> they loosed it anyhow. Mm -hmm. He gets in the hold of the ship. He begins to fast and pray. And when he comes out of the hold, he said, an angel stood by me last night <coughs> and said, now notice, he said, and told me, there will be damage to the ship, but there will be no loss of life. Right. The word of wisdom or prophecy, whichever way you want to look at it, did not have the greatest manifestation in the story, but rather the gift of faith did. Mm. Because in that manifestation, it spoke of dying and loss of life, but the gift of faith said, no one will die. Mm -hmm. So the gift of faith was greater than the revelation gift, if it was word of wisdom, or if it were prophecy, the utterance gift. Right. So there you have a very simple example of how the gift of faith was greater than what the, the apostle operated in. Now you see, you prophesy in part, you know in part. He didn't know everything when he gave that prophecy, mm -hmm. but he felt an urging, something's going to happen. Well, it was the storm, Eurachlodon. So he was accurate there. But even at best, in these gifts, uh, <clears throat> you have to leave room mm -hmm. for the fact that you only get so much of it. You don't get it all. Mm -hmm. You see through a glass, the Bible says, darkly. You prophesy in part. Right. And here's the problem with the modern day church, son. These people that are prophesying and they're missing it. Some people say they're false prophets. Not necessarily. Because if I use that uh, uh, qualifier that many of you use, then Paul was a false prophet, but he was not. What we forgot is the Bible says when it comes to prophesying, let the prophets nearby judge. Right. Which means all prophecy in this dispensation, in this time, can be judged. How do you judge it? By the word of God. Yes. Now, there are some people, they're just, they're just stupid. I, I saw a woman. She comes out with a stick. She has a cape, which reminds me of a story. Man's wife, he said, my wife got super angry. So I put a towel on her shoulders like a cape. He says, does anybody have a place I can stay for the next couple of days? Amen. But anyhow. <laughs> and she said, I'm going to pull the rapture rug out from you. Let me tell you something. I'd rather follow a billy goat to eat tin cans and I would a nut like her. <laughs> Complete idiot. Has no business even claiming to be a prophet. And anything she said, I'd never heard of her. Someone said, watch. I, I watched. Didn't line up with the Bible. I said to my wife, she's false. Why? You judge prophets by the word of God. It's the only way you can. Mm -hmm. Let the prophets nearby judge. So That's right. everybody got ticked off at Mario Murillo because he was bringing correction. Mario was right. You that didn't like it, you're wrong. It can be judged. The Bible says so. Right. Let the prophets that sit nearby judge. That's right. A prophecy can be judged. So Mario was not wrong. And right. how can you be wrong when your name's Mario? Amen. <laughs> I knew his brothers. Great people. Ran around a lot, but we loved them. Amen. I'm talking <laughs> about the game. All I'm saying to you folks is we need a little bit more understanding about these gifts. 
and you wouldn't get so aggravated and worked up if you understood that God is the one that gives the gifts. He's the giver of the gifts, and the Holy Spirit brings them whatever gift is necessary. Let me go back over that. At that moment right. is the greatest gift. The one that is needed is the greatest gift. But in operational order, the gift of faith stands alone from the other eight gifts because it's the only one that receives from God yeah. with no action on your part. And in the story of Paul uh, and the storm, Eurachlodon, the Bible says, as the ship broke up, see, that party gave in Crete was right. But as it broke up, some on boards, some on broken pieces of the ship, they all escaped safe to land. Yeah. Within the measure of the gift of faith was the salvation of every one on board the ship. Mm -hmm. <laughs> Whereas with the either word of wisdom or the gift of prophecy, there was only the area of possible death. Mm -hmm. So even we see that the gift of faith was stronger in manifestation and then when it was demonstrated, they all escaped safe to land, mm -hmm. even in demonstration. So I think it's a pretty easy case to say the gift of faith is the greatest of the nine gifts. Absolutely. And I pray today, every one of you that are watching, before you go, that the Holy Spirit <clears throat> would Thank anoint you, you yes. to operate Jesus. in all of the gifts Hallelujah. of the Spirit. Thank you, Lord. All of the gifts of the Spirit. Thank you, Jesus. All of the gifts of the Spirit. Now, the Lord spoke to me. <clears throat> My son was believing for a building down here. And I thought nothing of it. I was praying. And my wife and I, we all fasted, what was it, 21 days to begin the year. Uh -huh. And the Lord said to me, you have to rent an auditorium, a building in West Palm Beach by the gift of faith. And then I'll open up the door for your son. Why did I have to do it? Why couldn't he do it? I got other things to do, I thought. But see, with instruction comes the manifestation. God's not going to tell you to do something unless he's going to back it up with his word. Right. So I said to Ted, go up there to West Palm Beach where you're wanting to start a work and see if we can rent. Check out the convention center. Mm -hmm. He gets there and we were able to rent it. And tomorrow night, Friday night, Saturday, Sunday, I'm at the Palm Beach County Convention Center on Okeechobee Road, 650 Okeechobee. The doors open at 6. Service begins at 7. But it came in fasting and prayer to do the meet and see. And the miracle was, too, that as we looked, there was nothing available in West Palm Beach. There was nothing available because what we didn't know was that for this next week boat show. is the largest, one of the largest boat shows in America and the largest boat show in all of Florida that takes place right there by the intercoastal. And, uh, and so nothing was available. And this place was like supernaturally available. And so found it, locked it in, and um, but it was then, a miracle. 
Then, when he did what the Lord showed me by the gift of faith, yep. then he found out he could rent space there right. for his church, yep. which he did. And now, another door may open. Yep. It's like boom, boom, boom. In right. your life, the gift of faith will open doors to you Yes. that seem in the natural. And not only that, like Ted said, the dates were sandwiched between the only time that we could use the facility, mm -hmm. but worked out perfect, yes. especially if you're Irish. St. <laughs> Paddy's Day is when we're going to start to meet. Mm -hmm. My point is this. I didn't know what that meant when God said, if you want to help your son, you got to rent a building by the gift of faith. Did not know what that meant, but I obeyed. Then he called me. What's her name? Jenna? He said, Jenna's on it. She's got, and suddenly everything opened wide open. Yeah. And later he'll make a wonderful announcement to you, but it's just amazing yeah. what God can do. Absolutely. We used to sing that song, saying, I don't know, you're probably too little. We used to sing, keep on praying till the light breaks through. The Lord will answer. Well, he'll answer you. Oh, trust him and obey. Just keep on praying until the light breaks through. Glory to God. Amen. That's what I want to say to you today on this Thursday. Keep on praying. Yeah. I'm so happy to hear all the reports of revivals. Your, your uh, <clears throat> cousin, my nephew Jonathan, in a mighty revival. Josh Radford. He was on today. I don't know if he still is. A mighty move of the spirit. Mm -hmm. Schools and colleges, kids are gathering together, and they're just receiving a move of the spirit. Yeah. I believe that the, Rodney Howard Brown's kept that stand going. It's over 106, 107, 108 days now. Th thousand days. It's over that now. Yeah, like a thousand yeah. something. Yeah. I, I, last I looked, I think Ancott preached the other night. It was a thousand six. Mm -hmm. Man. You talk about God moving, ladies and gentlemen. And I, I've talked with Rodney Hart Brown. He believes the gift of faith helped him to build his new sure. facility. Absolutely. Folks, everything you need is in God. Yes. Let me say that again. Everything you need <laughs> is in God. Amen. Type that in. Everything I need is in God. In God. Everything I need is in God. Yes. Everything I need is in God. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. Hallelujah. Praise Hallelujah. God. Everything I need is in God. Everything I need in is God. in God. Bless his name. Bless his name. Bless his name. Bless his name. Praise Everything God. I need is in God. Man, they're typing it in now. Hello, Sister Morgan. I saw your name go flashing by more. It's moving now. I hope you can read quick, son. Amen. <laughs> glory, 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 glory. We release the anointing. Hallelujah. Now, the sad thing is, when the gift of faith manifests, there is also the attack of the enemy with unbelief. Mm -hmm. The devil cannot do anything to stop the move of God. God said, in the last days, I'll pour out my spirit upon all flesh. Mm-hmm. Hallelujah. Praise and that's God. exactly what God is doing. Yes. Let us all humble ourselves and get in a position 
to be used of God. And I want to say this, a real revival will have the manifestation of the gifts of the Spirit. When I talk about revival, I always brag on the Holy Ghost. Mm -hmm. When I'm talking about revival, I'm talking about yielding to the Spirit. Kevin Palmer's got everything I need is in God. Glory to God. Hallelujah. Praise God. Praise God. Amen. People are battling. I had a preacher call me. They put a death sentence over him. I said, you're not going to die. You're going to live and not die. Glory to God. Amen. Speak faith. Talk faith. Preach faith. Believe in faith. Pray in faith. Glory to God. Kim Palmer down there in Texas. I'm telling you folks, in the name of Jesus, everything you need is in God. Yes. Everything you need is in God. Amen. And you're launching, when are you launching the church? March, March 26th. March so the, 26th. The week right after mm -hmm. this weekend, uh, Friday, Saturday, Sunday, starting tomorrow night, Saturday night, Sunday night, we're at the convention center at 7 o'clock. And then the next Sunday, March the 26th, is the launch weekend for Miracle Word Church. And uh, our services are going to be at 11 a.m. on that Sunday and 6 p.m. on that Sunday as well. And you can register to join us at miracleword.com forward slash launch. Let us know you're coming. We want to be able to prepare and, and host you when you do come, but it's going to be powerful. Now, he wouldn't say anything about it, but there's a little extra monies needed right now for the ministry for them to finish up. I think your truck of equipment's coming in today, right? Comes in today, yep. I want you to prayerfully consider sowing a, a gift to Miracle Word Church today, whatever you can. If you can set, uh, sow a hundred, sow a hundred. If you can sow a thousand, sow a thousand. If all you got is ten dollars, sow it. But get the seed in the ground because this church, if I heard from the Lord, is being launched by the gift of faith. Amen. And if you receive this teaching today on the gift of faith, sow into this word and believe God that things will work on your behalf. Amen. And if you want to give, there's many ways you can give. I'll let him tell you in a minute. But I want to pray. Father, I pray right now. Every Hallelujah. one of the Victor tribe, every one of our friends, visitors will receive an impartation from the Spirit of Almighty God to operate in all nine gifts of the Spirit, and in particular in this closing day of time, the gift of faith. Touch these men, touch these women, and then, Lord, speak to all of your children, the, the Victory Tribe and everyone watching, concerning a special seed for the launch of a gospel-preaching, Holy Ghost-filled church in South Florida yes. that's not ashamed to speak in tongues, that's Jesus. not ashamed to heal the sick, yes. that's not ashamed to declare, we believe Jesus is coming soon. Yes. Talk to every one of these folks right now, Lord. And uh, along with my wife and I, we've already uh, sent you a check. As you know, you've got it in hand. But Lord, I believe there's hundreds that are watching this and will watch. Yes, Lord. They say, I gotta get my seed Jesus. into the launch of another great work of God. Amen. Spreading revival to this part of the nation. Praise God. Now that's the stuff leaders should be made of.